The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, Jaylen, this should be interesting. It's going to be. Uh, Forbes magazine calls him a millennial expert, a highly sought after expert on digital transformation and millennials. He's one of the few Canadians to be named a Forbes 30 under 30 list, and he joins us on the phone this afternoon. Andrew Al, thanks for taking the time to join us this afternoon. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. So, Andrew, i got to tell you, um, you're going to have to help us along we're with this a little bit. We're both a little, little confused yeah. about what you do for a living. <laughs> yeah, we're both baby boomers, so dumb it down for us a little bit. Well, I'm not a baby boomer. Oh, you're not? No. Well, no. you know, maybe let's start there. <laughs> what is a baby? What is a millennial? Where, I mean, we've heard. Yeah, okay. We don't, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's funny because millennials has had so many different definitions over the year. But, but generally speaking, you're talking about people born between the years 80 and 2000. Okay, great. So, so it's from 19 to 39. Gotcha. And, yeah. and uh, oh, I just miss it, eh? Yeah. The 40th <laughs> birthday of mine last year. Yeah. I am one, and, uh, or I am not one. I, I have two of them, though, so uh, you won't miss them at all. Uh, You're one at heart, though, Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so yeah. perhaps you could define for us uh, digital transformation, then. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, digital transformation is is really this this merge of our physical and our digital worlds. And I think we're, you know, we're already in the thick of it now. I mean, you think about how do we shop when we're on Amazon, right? And, and Amazon says, hey, here's some products that we think that you're going to like. You know, Netflix. When you're on Netflix and they recommend different shows to you, uh, and in fact, that's using an AI engine to actually put the thumbnails of the TV shows and the movies based on what you watch. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, when you're at your friend's house, go take a look at their Netflix and see what kind of thumbnails they have. <laughs> on the, on the, on the, you know, it might tell you a little bit of something about them. But, but, you know, you think about, you know, the amount of transformation that's happened. I mean, phones, cell phones have been around for less than 50 years, but we now have more mobile devices than we do people on the planet. <laughs> so as humans, we're not really good about seeing the change when it's happening, when we're in the thick of it. But when it's too late, we look at it retrospectively, we can all make sense of it. So, so this digital transformation is just this fusion of our digital and our, and our physical world. Well, that's really interesting because, again, as a baby boomer, if you compare baby boomers and millennials and this digital transformation that you're talking about, it yeah. seems like baby boomers see it as an invasion of privacy and millennials yeah. welcome it as opening up the world to them. We see it very differently. Yeah, it's it's a great point. I mean, millennials are digital natives. They're they're born with technology, um, and they don't know a time before it. So when you think about the workplace, and this is where a lot of this friction happens, you've got four generations in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Every one of them has a different value system, different way they want to communicate, different work style, and so that's what's causing a lot of this sort of disengagement at work. And you know, Gallup, who does a lot of these kinds of studies suggests that it's 70% disengagement today, mm-hmm. and that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, I, th- I think the other thing is, is as you think about digital transformation, there's going to be massive changes, you know, to the workforce, especially as you think about, you know, hybrid workforces. So humans and machines working mm-hmm. together, you know, in the same environment. And, and I'll give you a quick example. You know, Baxter is one that's widely used within the manufacturing space, and Baxter is a two-armed robot that basically is at the production line and will load things, unload things, sort materials. Um, and that's already being used today. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you, that's, that's in the back office. If you look at the front office or retail, there's actually a new pizza chain called Zoom Pizza in the U.S. <laughs> and the pizza is made by robots. Yeah. 
Yeah. I've so seen we're that. already seeing that blended workforce. Yeah, actually, they opened up uh, one, not a location, I can't call it. They have a machine in Toronto, in Toronto where that they're it trying. spits it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the pilot. So, Andrew, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, you speak on a number of different um, topics and TEDx yeah. talks, and you name it. We could go all over the place with this. If you, yeah. I want to just kind of circle back a little bit. When you're talking about, you know, the four different kind of almost generations of folks working in one office, and we know some of them are in there, you know, they've been in there for 40 years and this is the way yep. it's done we have you know maybe millennials yes. in there who are, are less than happy who are more likely to say you know what i don't like this job i'm gonna go try something else and mm-hmm. have no problem doing it how do you how do you make it all work what, what how do, you, do you, you make it all work what do you suggest for those who are listening right now who in their office mm-hmm. place in their workplace are dealing with this right now H- how do you how do you make it all gel you know and that's the million dollar question and i think that technology plays an important role here because when you pick the technology that you're using to facilitate just communication, well, you got millennials that want to use Slack or Teams that want to use chat as a See, way in the workplace. We just started with Slack here. I just started. I still okay. haven't read the email, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is what I mean. You got to choose technology that has a platform that has all of these pieces together. So instead of getting sort of the mixed bag of like we've got Slack here and Box here and so forth here. You know, you choose a single platform like a Microsoft, like a Google that has all of this contained so that you're giving people choice. So if I want to pick up a phone, I should be able to pick up a phone and and call somebody. If I want to instant chat, I should be able to do that. If I want to email. So it's, it's about creating an inclusive workplace rather than saying, guys, guess what? Everyone's on Slack. You know, that's a really interesting point, Andrew. That's a really interesting point. Because, you know, back to my question before about how millennials welcome Mm -hmm. this and baby boomers kind of fight it. So one day, all of our phones were gone. (laughs) They were just, you know, we go to where all our phones are gone and there's a headset sitting on my desk. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, how do I make a phone call? What the heck is this? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, there was a memo. And, uh, you know, now Andrew doesn't read memos. I don't read memos. I'm not going to lie to you. And I usually wait for Jay to read them and then she interprets them for me. But um, so now we were on uh, whatever. I don't know. F- not FaceTime. We we're on some other system, right? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. I actually and- find better now yeah. that I've forced my well, I've been forced into it. So for millennial or for baby boomers in the organization, is it a matter of kind of force feeding them a little bit? Well, I don't think it's force-feeding them. I think it's about generating curiosity with them is to, is to make them curious about the technology and help them understand the why. Because I think when it comes to, you know, um, I'll, say, I'll say boomers more so than Gen X, but they have this mentality of, well, why am I going to embrace that if technology is going to take my job, mm. right? Yeah. Right. So if, if AI is, is so advanced and they're going to take my job, why am I going to do this? And I think that the thing for them to remember is that AI or any form of technology does not kill jobs, it changes them. Hmm. And I'll use an example. So, so let's look at the ATM, okay? the, the automated teller machine, right? It was intended to be a labor-saving technology in the, in, in the 70s and 80s when they rolled it out. That's what they wanted to do is to cut tellers out, scale the branches only with technology. But what happened was they successfully um, automated tellers out of being a teller about accepting cash and dispensing cash. Now tellers today are actually sales and marketing people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's changed the role of the job. So when you look at the statistics, there are actually, as soon as the ATMs rolled out, there are way more tellers than there ever were before. And I think the average um, growth in that sector was 43% in terms of branches open and in terms of staff 
that they needed to run these branches. So, you know, I would encourage if, 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 if one isn't a big proponent of technology, think about it that way. It's not going to kill our jobs but it is forcing us to evolve. So, you know, is it, because we have a, a, an aging workforce, and I know, yeah. you know, read something the other day about millennials finally outnumbering baby boomers. Uh, so you do yeah. want to be, as a business, you want to be attracting millennials. So yeah. are millennials specifically attracted to technology? Is that? 100%. They, they actually, in fact, when we, because we run a study with over 3,000 millennials across North America, and we find that, 60% of them consider the technology stack that companies are using and the devices they're using as an important consideration of whether mm. to accept the job or not. Wow. So it is becoming a recruitment tool. And that's why we see big companies like, you know, PCL is an example, great Edmonton-based company, really invest in their digital transformation. One of their most recent developments is, is a platform called JobSite Insights. And what they've done is when they do a, like a building, a development, they actually place an IoT sensor in every single one of the rooms in the building. And so in real time, they're able to measure temperature, pressure, humidity, and, and, and they do that as a cost-saving measure in terms of, of energy costs. And I think it's going to save them, you know, 15 to 20% on hundreds of millions, so it's significant. But they're also telling that story of when they're recruiting people. Interesting. We're a construction company, yes, but we're also a technology company. And that's what digital transformation is all about. We are all digital companies. So marketing, if they're the biggest um, age group right now out there, and Andrew mentioned about, you know, uh, trying to get their attention and and market to millennials, what do, you know, the mom and dad groups and the smaller businesses out there need to do to get that attention from that age group that is getting so much bigger and so much powerful? That's, that's a great question. And I think the, the, the main thing that we got to remember about millennials is that they are value driven. And so when you tell your story from a recruitment perspective or from, from a marketing perspective, it's okay to be the small mom and pop shop as long as you're telling an authentic story, as long as you're being transparent and you say what you stand for. That's actually the number one thing that they look for in a job is a, is, is a match of values. The, the compensation stuff, that's table stakes. So you got to pay them enough, they got to live. But they want to make sure that the work that they're doing aligns to their values. And I think when you think large corporates, they're failing to connect with millennials because a lot of millennials that are working at corporates have a side hustle, which is, which is essentially like a, a consultancy, a part-time job, another job, and that typically aligns with the passions and values that they have. I think, Andrew, so you've been hanging out with my son today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. But, you know, I'm really enjoying this conversation yeah. because, and Andrew, I want you to talk to this. So yeah. the other part of it for me is that even those old fogies like me who have embraced, and I love technology, but I do fight I fight it from time to time. I remember, I'm the generation that couldn't figure out how to get the VCR to stop flashing 12. Right? So, but <laughs> change is hard for anybody. It, exactly. Right? But yeah. here's where I think there's an important message as well. I want to get your thoughts on it. Sure, sure. Is that, you know, we have to stay on top of the technology, though. And, and an example would be my daughter starts her own business. Mm-hmm. I tell her, listen, I'll design a website for you. I'll get the name right. And she's like, I'm not using a website. And I say, how are you going to book your business? And she goes, with Instagram. Yeah. She's full. You you have to book her weeks in advance. I can't figure yeah. out how that's working. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so, no landing point for her customers. You know, I guess just, I don't know how that's working, but it's working. 
Because that now is, you know, websites is, is not something that really millennials are going to. They're going to social. And, and they're going to social to, to find new products. That's what, when they look for what's the latest and greatest, they go to social. They don't, they don't go online. And it's, it's funny because you mentioned this, when we look at them in the workplace, it's the same thing. 90% of them go to social when they're looking at B2B purchases, even. Okay. So this is now the new website. Your Instagram profile, your social networks, that is the new website today. And is that, sorry, Jay. That's okay. I'm just so fascinated by this. So is that true in, you know, is that true in terms of like, say you want to sell tickets to something or you, you want to promote something? If Are you deciding that if I want millennials, it has to be on a social network? It has to be on that platform? Socials, table stakes. You need to be on social, but I'll tell you what, when it comes to marketing, um, the actual thing that millennials want these days, which is on the rise now, is life experience. Mm. They, they love experiential opportunities. And so um, that's on the flip side of that, that. That's something else that you need to watch for is, you know, you use social as a way to, to scale your reach, but you can do fewer live experiences, but do them really, really well. Because when you do them well, that ends up getting shared and reamplified online. Right. It's actually content. You know, anything live these days, you've got to invest in the production, how it looks, how it feels. It's, it's, you've got to design it for, for, for Instagram. And, so it, and yeah, so it's not enough Snapchat. to be on social media. You have to be good at it. Exactly, because the content is what dictates whether you get likes or shares and mm-hmm. engagements and all that. And that's why we see things like Happy Place pop up, which is, uh, you know, this pop-up execution that sets up a different cities around the world. And it is built for Instagram shots. Uh, like yeah. remarkable installations, perfectly sized, squared for Instagram. You know, it's it, like a light bulb it's, it's moment. Honestly, it's Andrew, you, you, I, I want to hire you. So, because here's the thing, you talked <laughs> earlier about likes and shares, but you talked yeah. even earlier than that about yeah. suggestions where different platforms will make suggestions. So, yeah. you know, combining those two thoughts, if you're good at, say, Instagram, then yeah. that, not only will you get your original followers to look at it, but others who might be interested in that particular topic, event, or product would also yeah. have that suggested to them furthering your reach. Exactly. As long as you're in the right networks, and that's what it's all about these days, is we hear about influencers and micro-influencers, is, you know, we want to see other people use these products. We want reviews. You know, we, we expect the trans- transparency because we're trained to do, we're trained to look for that. Like when you go on Amazon, why do we shop so much on Amazon? The number one reason is because we can see all the reviews. Hmm. We can see that 400 people have bought this product. And you know what? It's around an average, you know, three and a half or four stars out of, out of five. We know that the risk is lower. We know that, well, you know, we'll be okay with that product. And so that's essentially what we, you know, when you look at other products in marketing, if other influencers and micro-influencers are endorsing it, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you're getting a four-star, five-star rating, depending on the influencer. Andrew, I know that there are companies, and I suspect your company is one of them that does mm-hmm. this. They, they, you, 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 um, you, gra- you gather a group of, let's say, millennials together. You can have a thousand, you can have two thousand, you can have yeah. three thousand, and then you can send out surveys to them to get them back by companies who have yep. hired to get the input. Am I right? Is that kind Absolutely. of what you're doing? Okay. That, yeah. 
this is what my yeah. son is doing now too. It's the exact same jo- job that my son is doing here, and it's fascinating to see how many companies are now awakening to this. Because if you have that demo audience, yeah, um, and and that's a, that's value. That that's value. And I, I didn't understand that at first. And when he explained, he says, "No, if you've got this group of people that you can ask them questions on anything from, let's say, insurance to football to whatever." It is. Uh, it's an immediate. Um, it's an immediate, almost um, uh, payback for the company yeah. that's hired. It, right. It, it's highly valuable because when you've got an engaged network, what do you have? Yeah. You've got attention. Yeah. Now, I mean, marketers these days, companies, it's not about access. Yeah. They they go on Facebook, they go on Snapchat, they go on Instagram. They get the analytics. They know where to yeah. go. They yeah. they know how to reach them, but they don't have the right to earn their attention. Hmm. So. Yeah, go ahead. No, just I was just going to say, what are you doing in town right now anyway? I am actually uh, keynoting the Finn conference. So <laughs> they are, yeah. So, so we're talking about digital transformation. How do we rethink some of our workflows? Um, how do we modernize the sales process and, and all that good stuff? But they're investing in a ton of different yeah. um, technology investments. It's really a great company. So, Andrew, is your hardest job yeah. explaining to people what your job is? <laughs> or, or to my parents? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that people want, um, you know, immediate, immediate change. I think that, you know, a lot of people see, hey, here's this new technology. Let's just get it. And they and they, and they say that the technology itself is going to solve the problem. I think the thing that's most challenging is I got to bring them back and say, actually, we need to actually look at the culture. Mm-hmm. If we it doesn't matter what tool we throw at this. You want to throw all the right tools. We, we can do that. But if we don't have the right culture that's going to embrace it and adopt it and actually use these tools, it is a waste of time. Hmm. People want shortcuts. People want to get there fast. And culture is one of the hardest things to get right. And it takes the longest time. That, I'd say, is the hardest part of of what we do. Andrew Au, it's been fascinating to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take care. Enjoy Have a great rest of the day. Okay, bye-bye now. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.